Today's show is sponsored by our good friends over at Tortuga Backpacks. And if you listened to the last episode, you heard me announce that they have just released a set of packing cubes, a new product into their product line. I have another exciting announcement. They also have a Tortuga day pack now. And if you travel a lot, you know how essential having a day pack is. It's perfect, obviously, for going out just for the day. So I have a Tortuga day pack. I absolutely love it. It's a perfect complement for your regular Tortuga backpack. So if you want to check that out, and if you need a day pack, and it's one of the essentials for me when I travel, head on over to tortugabackpacks.com and you can check out their day pack. Of course, you can check out the whole line of products they have there now. And don't forget... If you use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, that will get you 10% off your entire order, no matter what you choose to purchase. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 182. With a population of just 121,000, Bern, the capital of Switzerland, would be the 221st biggest city in America, making it smaller than Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Midland, Texas, and Surprise, Arizona. Now that's a surprise. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and today's episode is part two of our Switzerland TV show Postscript, the recap episode of everything that happened for us while we were filming in Switzerland. I am joined by, as I kind of introduced her in the episode one, my own Swiss miss, my wife and constant a travel companion, mug of Heather. Hot chocolate. <laughs> and the man you heard, who's been interviewing us for the show. If you missed episode one, go back and check that out because we talked about our first four days and kind of about the production of it. But he is back, the man with a golden voice, Napkins. <laughs> Hi, guys. Yeah, if Napkins was in Switzerland with us, he would have killed it at Oh, Yodeling. I don't know about that. That would be Th- fun. That's true. That deep bass voice of Napkins. So, guys, again, if you haven't listened to part one, we talked about how the production went and, and all of our feelings and kind of the crazy first couple of days and everything yeah. we did in the first four days. And we, we kind of pulled the curtain back on things that surprised us and, and why it was more stressful than we thought and, and kind of our emotional state which is kind of pretty precarious um for the first day so you're going to want to check that out you can get that on itunes or stitcher you can go to extra pack of slash pods of course however you're listening to this you can find the first half of this show and now we're going to start with the cliffhanger the so cliffhanger story from the last podcast we, we told you on day four something really neat happened to us that was totally unexpected and we we're going to start off this second show with that so have, let's get right into that because that was, like we said, really unexpected and just 
I don't know. Kind of made us feel pretty good. And this was day four. This was day four. And so maybe at this point we needed a little boost. I don't know. But what happened was pretty cool. So we were at the Elphorn shop where right. Tobias, Tobias, Tobias. I can we kept saying Tobias while we were there and it was Tobias. So he was showing us around his shop and Travis and I are at one point standing outside the shop, peering into the window as if we just happened upon the store, you know, to get the shot from inside, which right. is pretty funny. So Travis and I are peering in this window and this couple walks past and they say, oh, hey, hey, tra- Travis. And we're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she just says the, the lady, the, she was about our age, maybe a little older. She just says, I voted for you. And I'm like, okay. She's like, you're filming this TV, this Switzerland TV show, right? And we're like. Yeah, and we, you know, we just happened to be outside at that moment. We could have been inside the shop, uh, you know, we could have had left already. And so we were a bit taken off, we're like, taken off guard, and we're like, oh, hey, you know, thanks a lot for yeah, voting for like, us. like, is she from Switzerland? Like, could Swiss people even vote? We were, like, so confused as to how this woman right. recognized us. And then, you know, she obviously could have seen our looks of perplexion. Perplexion? Well, perplex- is she per- perplexed Perplexity? Looks. Yeah. Perplexed looks on our faces. Well, well, we asked her, like, you know. <laughs> she recognized our perplexions. <laughs> we have such. It was the powder. It was the powder you were applying. It was the powder that we said Heather was putting on me in episode one. And we, we just kind of looked at I asked her, I'm like, oh, so how did you hear about the contest? And she said, you know, I assume that she had heard about it because she was in Switzerland, so maybe she was Swiss or she worked for, who knows. And she's like, oh, no, no, I've been following an extra pack of peanuts for like three years now. She could and be listening right now. She could be listening she right now. Is. And if you are, thank you, because you we told you that you, you made our day, but you really did. And so it was just amazing. Her her husband or boyfriend, whoever it was, was like, oh, these are the people who said you were on yesterday and that you were telling me about. And she's like, yeah, you know, I was talking yesterday. I knew you guys were in Switzerland. I had no idea where you actually were. And she just happened to happen upon us as we were filming. So it's really cool. We got pictures with him. And I think it was cool, too, because the crew, you know, made us feel kind of good to the crew. Because they're like, well, like, they, they knew we had a website that was popular. And they knew they were at a podcast that was popular. Thank you, everyone. But it was just made us feel <laughs> kind of good. It's kind of validating, you know. Yeah. Get a fan out there. Just, you know, it might happen once a year. But it happens. <laughs> yeah. And so we felt really good about that. So that was really, really neat to get recognized on the street. Only the second time that has ever actually happened to me. So if you're an e-popper and you are out there and you ever do see us, please come up and say hi and, and let us know who you are because, yeah, it made us feel awesome. Yeah, and that ended a pretty good day. Number four in Switzerland. Yeah, day number awesome. four. And, and so and so day five, we really, uh, you know, again, we could give you a blow by blow. We're going to hit some of the highlights, but day five was actually... A really, really cool day. When we talk about how much we were able to fit into a day, I think this summarizes a crazy day because we were filming. Uh, this was just pretty full on. So in the beginning of, of day five, we went to the transportation museum. I, I, to be honest, did not have high hopes for this. I was like, a Swiss transportation museum? Like, are we just going to go and see pictures of old cars and read about it? And sounds like a sounds like a sounds like an herbal garden or. Yeah, it sounds guys, like a slow filming day. Yes, it didn't seem that great, but we were way wrong. The museum blew us away. They have huge installations in there, so many cool things, really awesome concepts of teaching people about transportation in Switzerland and trains and 
you know, cars and all sorts of different things. And it, it was really fun. We spent like two hours there, a long time. Yeah, it's the, it's the most visited Switzerland museum in Switzerland, and it's like their Smithsonian. So, uh, you know, they had probably 70 trains in there that you could go and climb in on. They had, they had like a, a paragliding simulator. They had, you could simulate, you could go down this ski jump. Like they had all these interactive things. And in the front, they had this actually, th- this huge thing that were like, what is this? And it was the drilling bit to drill the world's longest tunnel. So wow. we're talking about a thing that was probably, what, 30, 40 feet high. I mean, this massive Drill. They just u- literally used one drill to dr- to to open up the tunnel. Well, I'm not sure, but it was the bit that went in the drill. So maybe it was one drill. The, but I mean, one they bit. I mean, they several bits. I just, they went the through story. three or four, three I think, four bits, on right? the front, and then the I just drill thought itself they pretty was much blasted it and then chunked it away with pickaxes. Well, I don't know. No, maybe this that's pretty amazing. This yeah. I better go. I better go check out the uh, Swiss. Yeah, well, if you go, they'll explain it to you. But this bores the hole. And um, it's the same stuff they use to bore holes, uh, like, you know, for subways and and water tunnels and stuff like that. Um, So it was really, really neat. Just a lot of cool stuff at the Swiss Transportation Museum. We spent like two and a half hours there. And then, of course, we got on a steamboat around Lake Lucerne because they have about, they, they have five steamboats that go around the lake. Yeah, so these steamboats are these old steamboats that they yeah. used when you know in eighteen whatever wow. when they first came used late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. yeah, it's the same original steamboats, you know, and so it's really cool. You go on them and you can go up and sit in the sun and relax. And so we took that to Rigi, which is one of the mountains that you can go up in the cable car. So we did the museum, then we were on this on the steamboat for maybe an hour. I got to interview the captain who was really cool and they took us down in the steam room and showed us how they did it. Yep, and then we get off the steamboat and then we take the cable car up to Mount Rigi because Trav was going to go paragliding. Oh. Wait, one question. Is the steamboat still like coal? Do they still use, do they still shovel coal into the furnace or did they show you that or no? I don't know what they do. I totally stumped you. I'm sorry. You stumped me. I totally I didn't mean to. No, I, I should have been paying more attention, but I was focused on like interviewing this guy. Yeah, well, they still run it the same way they did, so it must be cold. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I that was the most efficient wood, way, but... more efficient, they probably... It's Switzerland, so they probably do the most efficient way to... But they probably also do the most environmentally sound way, too, and I wouldn't think... Apologies for having no idea. We should probably cut this part but, out. But to... <laughs> But to, to show you how much we did, we went to the Transportation Museum, we hung out there, then we went on a steamboat all around the lake, then we went up the cable car, they took an hour, then I went paragliding off the mountain. And this and you was, did do this. Yes, and this was a little bit of a bummer for Heath, because unfortunately there was only one guy oh. that we could have, uh, like there was only one guy instructor that was going to take us paragliding be, for whatever reason, and so only one of us got to paraglide. And that happened to be me. Every single time you try to go paragliding in Switzerland, something stops Denied. you. Denied. It wasn't oh, meant to be. I that is know. so sad. And the, the problem was, it's not even like last time we were there, we were like, oh, we're going to splurge because this was like, you know, seven years ago and it was kind of expensive and Travis was an intern. So we were like, we're going to splurge and go on this. And so then it got canceled due to weather. 
This time, like, we have more money, so I would have easily spent, like, $120 to do it. We just didn't have enough time. The time. So even when we went to Interlochen, like, two days later, I was like, oh, maybe I could squeeze in a flight when we're in Interlochen, and we just didn't have any time. So, you know, someday I'll get to jump off a mountain in Switzerland, but it wasn't this trip. <laughs> yeah, and so I, and I got to go to oh, Paragon, and I'm I was... I'm sorry, Heather. I was a little nervous, and... um. On the show, I think that's why we decided that I was going to be the one paragliding because I am the biggest baby. And so it actually did make for the best TV. I mean, I guess. <laughs> and, and I was a little nervous. It was really cool. We were up there for 45 minutes. It was absolutely stunning. But paragliding off a mountain in Switzerland, you know, one of the things that anyone should do. And I did get to run up to Travis and give him a going away kiss. So hopefully that makes it on the show. <laughs> If you, uh, Heather's rolling her eyes. There's a lot of tripping sarcasm. She was not happy that she didn't get to go paragliding. If you listen to the pre-show travel jitters, you can hear the story about her missing out the first time on paragliding in Switzerland. And this is the second time. But we did. The third time will be a charm. It will be. I promise that, Heather. But we did get to go uh, after that to a really awesome mineral bath. Um, So not drinking mineral water like we talked about in episode one but actually going to a mineral bath that was really, really cool up in the Alps. Yeah, and at first we thought, why would we want to go to a hot spring? Because it's like 90 degrees and we've been sweating all day. But actually, we went in the evening, so it was cooling down, and we're at the top of the mountain, so it was cool. But it was so relaxing to get in the water, even though the water was pretty warm. It was so nice, and we all just kind of chilled in there. And so they did film us while we were there for a little bit. But then the last 30 minutes, right before the spa was closing, we all just kind of got in, the whole crew, and just relaxed. So that was nice to kind of end our night doing that. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the adventures really then picked up the next day. Well, the outdoor adventure, like we said. We, we went paragliding, uh, or I went paragliding. Whoops, didn't mean to rub that <laughs> in again. Sorry. No. <laughs> but the, um, the adventures really did pick up the next day. We took a train from Lucerne. We, and again, Lucerne, amazing. I would highly recommend it. It's heavily touristed, but it's for a reason. But then we went to Interlaken. And, and Heather and I had been to Interlaken before. So this was the only point on the trip that we had actually been to before. So we knew a little bit what to expect. And this was really cool because we actually, on the way to Interlaken, we got to go to a meringue factory. Yeah, and we thought that meringue originated in France. Like, maybe most people think this. I don't know, but it's not. It I actually, thought Italy. <laughs> yeah, well, either way, it originated in Switzerland in this town of meringue. There's a meringue factory, and so we went there, and that was really fun because we got to make it and eat it, and it was, it was cool. Yeah, and then we went to this open-air museum. Again, something we thought was going to be slow, but it was really neat how they did. So I'd never been to an open-air museum before. But what they did is they've taken houses and old mills and farms and stuff from all over Switzerland, old ones, and transplant them to this place. So they have like a blacksmith teaching people how to do blacksmithing. Right. They have people making cheese. They have people baking bread. It's like Colonial Williamsburg. Well, I've never been there. But the people, I, I guess it's not like really reenacted as much. Yeah, right. and they even had an old house, like a Swiss little... Sh- I don't know. What do you call it? It's not a chateau. But like chalet. Chalet, I guess. And it was the original one. And they had renovated, like not renovated, but put new features inside the house. For contrast. Yeah. So it's like this renovated old chalet. And it was really cool to have a modern kitchen in this really old exterior shell. Kind of like what we want to do. You guys want to do to this house that yeah. we're in right now. Yeah. Exactly like the house we're singing out. So the Ballenberg... <laughs> 
open air museum. Again, the two museums. I thought that one looked incredible. I looked at that online. That's right up my alley. I would really enjoy that because it's all in a convenient. I mean, they have a really they have a lot of acreage. Yes. Uh, yes. It's huge. Yeah, and they and they're apparently always adding on to it and finding new you know reclamations buildings that are in an area that's going to be that's going to change that's going to be updated and they need a place to put these buildings and instead of t- d- demolishing them they bring them there. Yeah, they had a whole mill there that they yeah. had transplanted from outside Zurich. I mean, how they get it there, I have no idea. And they have a working farm from yes. the yeah. website. I think it, it, the place looks amazing. It was spectacular. Napkins did his research on on this stuff that we were going. He saw the itinerary and went and looked it up and they do um 80% of it has to be authentic like for them to be able to take the house. And, and then they keep it that way. So it's, yeah, it's really, really cool. A, a hidden gem, I think, because we, you know, we had all these big activities that we were doing and we we're looking forward to. The Transportation Museum and the Ballenberg Museum, the Open Air Museum, both to me blew me away. I, yeah. I was kind of like, what's going to happen here? And they were really yeah. cool. And like another plug, even though we're not being paid to tell you this, but <laughs> if you have a family, both of these museums were so family friendly. Kids would love them. There are so many cool activities to do there that are really interactive. And at both places, we saw a lot of children. So that's awesome. Yeah. And then so we, we went to we got to Interlock and then because that's outside of Interlock and and we got there and we got to do a ropes course. This was this is going to make the best TV other than the drone footage out of anything. Did you fall? I, oh, I did I? Fu- oh, I don't know if we should spoil what happens for everyone Probably who wants not. to see it. Let's just say that one of us was slightly better at oh. it. And one of us was maybe a little bit louder in their exclamations while doing it. Oh, really? Yeah. So basically, I'm awful and have really bad balance. So what we did, we went to this outdoor center. And it's not just a ropes course. So they have four things you can do. One is a 60-foot uh, Sixty foot high slack line. Slack lining. For those of you who don't know, it's basically walking across a tightrope. Right. That is what I'm talking about. That will make really good footage. Uh, one of us made it all the way across and back. One of us did not even make it halfway <laughs> and had to pull themselves back. Um, the, oh, I love it. They also then. So we did that. Then we um and the guys there are really cool at outdoor interlocking. Super fun. Then they have a thing that's a base jump simulator. This was really scary. So you're on a platform 60 feet in the air and you just have a rope connected to your back by a carabiner, but it's on your back. You're not harnessed in really, right? Uh, you have a harness on, but you know, like you're not holding anything. You don't feel, feel you as don't if feel as if you're. You don't feel restricted at all, right? And thus, so, you don't feel safe. Exactly. So they just want you to jump off this platform at sixty feet without. <laughs> you're not holding on to anything. You're just like boom. And so let's just say that it was a little bit harder for one of us, and it took a little. Let, bit. No, we're gonna give this away no, a little no. bit. Was it in the woods? It was in the, the woods. Yeah, it's in the forest, and um. And so you jump off this, and they tell you just like just go. So Heather was up there first, and and um and there's this uh, South African guy, Jake's was our guide, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna count down, you know, and you're gonna go." And I'm on the bottom, and I'm like, "This looks awful. I'm not gonna be able to jump off this thing. Like, I'm gonna make a fool of myself because I'm gonna get up there and not do it." So he counts down: three, two, one. And nothing happened. <laughs> I could not jump. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so she was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I have to give Heather credit. If I had been the first one up there, she then jumped the second time. Like, he counted down again, she jumped. 
If I had been the one up there the first time, I would still be on that platform because <laughs> I saw her jump and I saw it catch her and I kind of saw how it worked. Is it bungee? Is it like a... It's not really like a bungee either because it was actually so not even scary once you do it because it was like oh. a second long oh. and then you just kind of float to the bottom because it's a base jumping simulator. So when you base jump, you jump, but then like the parachute comes Catches out and it's you. like this very slow descend. So it was like really, it was cool to jump off it. And if I had known, you know, and done it again, I think I would have like jumped out further and been like more excited because it's just kind of like not that big a deal once you do it. Right. Well, she says it's not scary. The scary part is the actual letting go. Like it's sure. not scary once you do it because it catches every, you. Every instinct yeah. in your body is saying, Don't you're not it. safe. Don't throw yourself off this. Exactly. It's stupid. That's the scary part. It's the, it's the instant that you jump. Of course, it catches you right away. And so even seeing Heather do it and actually on her way down, she's like, oh, that's not so bad. I still. Then they lifted you me up that. on the winch. Yeah, I yeah. Did. I was like, well, that was like, like after the simulated down, parachute yeah. opened and you were floating. <laughs> yeah. And so they they pulled me up and I'm up there and I'd, I I had seen her do it and I was still like, I can't do this. I cannot jump. But I, I, you know, and I had, anyway. I I did jump. It it was cool. But what was really neat was the third thing that we then did, and that was a huge like rope swing. Yeah, so they just kind of push you off this platform that's like a little slide uh -huh. and you just swing out into the trees and you feel uh -huh. like you're going to hit a bunch of trees, which you don't because it's a safe spot to do it. But right. you just swing out in this huge arc and, you know, go back and forth a few times. And that was so fun. Really? Right, because then you're that harnessed in and, and you're holding the rope. It's in front of you. So you just go and yeah. you free fall for longer. Like you're dropping for like... Three in an arc, like, or no? Yeah, yeah, in an arc. So you're dropping for like two seconds. Maybe it's not even that long, but you're dropping and then you're swinging. So it's it was more fun than base jumping. It was really cool because I it was funny. The guy told us there's three types of people. There's the people who don't scream at all and don't say anything, and you're yes. kind of like, how can are they, they do that? Are like, they okay? Uh, yeah, <laughs> are they enjoying this? He said. Then there's the people who I was. Who try like you try to scream as you're going down, but you you can't because you, you just can't it out. get it out. And then halfway through, like when he picks you up, you're like yelling, like "Oh, that was awesome!" And then there's the people who scream right the instant they go off, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, well, I was excited. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, there's three types of people, and so that was really cool. It was funny because we're up on this tiny platform, and we're with the video guy, the camera yeah. guy, and so he's filming this this platform is tiny so he has to like be filming us do all this so it was cool because he got to then go off and, it and as he well was, he was harnessed in the whole time so he was safe i mean right just to let everybody know <laughs> he, he was, was on fine. the platform but he was on a harness and but he got to do the swing as well which was pretty cool and so that was a really cool thing with the outdoor interlocking guys they call it the uh, vertical rush. And there's a fourth thing, which is a huge, long zipline course, which we kind of talked about in the beginning, you know, after you get the shot and we had to move on really quickly. We had, you know, 30 days worth of activities into nine days of filming, basically. So we didn't actually get to do the really long zipline course. But there's four things that they do there. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole company, Outdoor Interlocking, were so fun, professional, like really lively crew and we actually did another activity with them the following day. So we just we had a really fun time in interlocking. Yeah, and day six, uh, the, after the outdoor interlocking things, I don't know if we should tell everyone this, but we did a little off-the-record stuff of um, swimming in a pool that might not have been open 
to the public at that time of night. And then we also jumped in the river that night. So what happened was we went out with this. We went out to dinner and we met this guy who gave free walking tours. And some of us from the crew went with him. And uh, that night we we actually had a good old time. Uh, it was kind of letting loose. A good old time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was the first time we really actually got to cut loose. And like, you know, we had a few drinks and we're all out just having a great time. And, you know, it's like 1030, 11 o'clock at night. And we're all thinking, well, maybe we should head back, you know, because we have to get up early and film. But then instead of heading back, we go to this pool and then we leave the pool because of some circumstances that were pretty funny. And we leave that area. <laughs> Will these be on the film? No, no there was no one filming this. Unfortunately, like, if we were to choose our own show, this is exactly the type of stuff we would put in a show because it's really fun yes. and funny. But you can't always have a crew following you around. So, Especially when you're doing things that are questionable. Questionable. Right. So we leave <laughs> that pool and then we're like, well, we still want to We were told swimming. by the homeless guy it was okay. Yeah. But anyway, Incredible. We, we left there and we're like, well, we still want to be swimming, you know? And so then we're like, well, we can swim in the river. It's safe. And so then we swam down the river in Interlaken. So in, in a part that was actually safe. So... And, and legal. It's legal to swim in the rivers. That's yeah. what's really cool there is it's, you know, you swim everywhere. There's lakes and rivers. So it's legal to swim in the river. I mean, it was flowing pretty hard. So I wouldn't recommend jumping in the river if you aren't with local people. We had the local What about at night after there. cutting loose? No, I, it's still fine. We I mean, we cutting were loose. Like, I'm teasing. No, you. we were fine. I'm just teasing. We were fine, and we were with local people who like knew the river and knew knew the town at night. So it was just really fun. But then the next morning, you know, we w- maybe weren't at our best at 7 a.m. We were a little tired. Yeah, we were a little tired. And the guy told the guy too. I should say with the local person, he told us where you know like to get out he's like you got to get out before this part because it gets really crazy so okay. yeah wouldn't suggest anyone going and doing it but it was really cool being with the local people and 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 doing that and yeah then, yeah yeah and the next day we were tired because we had to wake up at 7 a.m and this journey so then we went to the highest train station in europe called the Jungfrau Jok, which if anyone's been to switzerland you've probably heard of it and it is a two and a half hour train journey all the way up to the top of the mountain yeah, so that was really cool. Um, just going up that high, and then you get to the top of the mountain, and you're really just in the Alps. There's snow around you, and it's getting much colder, which feels good because it's been so hot every day. So that was a really cool experience. Yeah, the top of the Jungfrau is, is beautiful. I mean, you're up there in the glaciers, and so you're just hanging out on the Jungfrau, and it's you know feet of snow, and you've just come from 95-degree Fahrenheit temperature and all of a sudden, you're at freezing. And it's crazy, and it's really touristy, and there's a lot of people up there. And if you do go up there, you might see a pair of sunglasses that I had just bought for this trip that got knocked out of my hand by oh, no. a certain someone who was also... I don't know who that could have been, but it was funny because we were standing outside, and it's like these metal grates on the platform so that the snow can fall through but also items can fall through so like your iphone could fall which it didn't thank goodness just the sunglasses yeah that's a bit terrifying (laughs) and and the train ride up there is two and a half hours and it's two and a half hours back but it's through some of the most beautiful parts of switzerland so it's expensive to go up if you're going that region it's kind of the thing to do and uh and the scenery that you see on the way up and the way down either Whichever valley you go up and then take the other one down, like the Lauterbrunnen Valley is the way we took down. It's amazing. And then, of course, so that's like a day in itself, a really hectic day. But what happened to us after going to the Jungfrau and going back down 
is we went whitewater rafting. So we got, this is again, these crazy days. So we were really excited to go whitewater rafting because as refreshing as it was at the top of the mountain, as soon as you got back down, you know, 98 we're, degrees. Yeah, we're in our really heavy clothes because we've just <laughs> been in the snow. And yeah. immediately I'm like, I need to get my shorts back on because it's so hot. So we get to the outdoor interlocking whitewater rafting camp and we get all geared up, ready to go. We get our little lessons of, you know, when should we when should we paddle and when should we, you know, jump down and cover ourselves in the raft so that we don't fall out and like right right these things i mean it's pretty serious actually because it was like uh they do levels one to five on rivers and this is a level four oh so it's one of the strongest rivers at this time with the glaciers melting in it so it was like amazing rapids yeah the guy actually said he's like this is about the highest we that if the river runs any higher we don't take it because it's people out because it's too fast dangerous and uh, and you get in and right where they put you in is the f- like one of the hardest rapids. So he's even saying, he's like, listen, we get in like the moment the boat leaves the rocks, you're in the rapid. So you're right away. He's like, <laughs> paddle right, paddle right, down, paddle right, paddle left, down, up, down. And oh, you're like, geez. and me and Heather are in the front because they strapped the GoPro to the front of the boat so they could get good shots of us. Oh, yeah. But he's in the back. And so it's we can't so hear hard anything to hear. that's going on. So fortunately, our audio guy came with us. Kevin was sitting behind me. So then the guide would like shout, but I couldn't hear it because so I was on the opposite the, side. So he would like transfer yeah, yeah. me what I had to be doing. And it was just really funny. And they really prepare you well because you practice on land, like getting in and out of the boat and saving people. And I mean, we're all wearing life jackets, so nothing could really happen. But, you know, you have to really paddle and you have to get down. You need to get down or you'll just pop out of the <laughs> yes. raft. So it was so much fun. And the water. So we get through most of the rapids. There's actually a section that you have to take the boat out and go around that's that's too crazy i think that's the class four and we were on class three three and a half so whatever and so you take it out and you go on what was crazy about this is the water so then they make you get in the water to practice saving someone if you had to right oh, okay so you do that before and, you go no, no this was like about a slow halfway spot in a slow okay spot. But so, yeah if someone falls out you're supposed to stand up reach over and like lift them up by their Life jacket. Life like they jackets. show you how to do it, right? So I kind of hope this makes it into the show because, like, Heather and I had to help each other in. <laughs> and when I pulled her in, I just pulled her as hard as I could because, like, pull yeah. hard. Like, he pulled me so hard that he tipped over backwards, and then, like, my face went directly <laughs> into, you know, my knee. Oh, yeah. So the whitewater rafting was was at, was really cool. And so we had to help each other in, and, and Heather was into my knee. <laughs> and <laughs> what was cool, though, is at the end, they said, all right, you can get out of the boat and swim. And even with wetsuits, we got out of the boat, and it was frigid. I mean, it was glacier water, so it was probably a couple degrees Celsius. It was like, I think they th- told us afterwards it was 5 degrees Celsius, oh. which is like 45. Yeah, that's... Not even that high. It's like 40 Fahrenheit. Wow. That is and cold. It was so cold, and the only part of my body that was exposed, other than my face, was my hands, and I was like holding them above the water because it hurt to have yeah. them in the water. It was really wild. And then we get back in the boat, and we're you can see the lake now. Um, Interlaken is in between two lakes, so it's one of the lakes in Interlaken, and they we get back in the boat, and then we paddle into the into the lake, and then he tells us to get back out to feel the difference of the water, and it was insane. How it was, the water was easily 25 to 30 degrees warmer once you got Fahrenheit, into interlock once into you the got lake. to the lake so the river runs into the lake and it actually changes 
it actually changes colors. I guess so, interlocking means between two lakes or between lakes. Yeah. Is that what you said? Okay. That's what I said. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't hear if you said Okay. So it means between two lakes. So you run into the lake and it actually changes <laughs> colors. The river is a different color than the lake. So you see it split there, which is really a, a, a pretty, different shade of blue or there's a lot more sediment color in blind, there? Heather? Yeah, well, the river was actually, the water is fresh and nice, but it's actually pretty murky because the rapids are so strong that it's like churning up the water. So it yeah. kind of looked like white and brown, okay. but then the lake was like this icy blue. So the okay. lake is really beautiful and the river water wasn't quite as beautiful. So as soon right. as you see it coming into the lake, it's a very clear change. Right. Yeah. Well, they always say like the glacier water is carrying all kinds of sediment and minerals yeah. and it's really rich. and Yeah, so that was and that was a really cool experience. A second time with outdoor interlock and after in the ropes course. And then we finished the day off at one of my favorite places. You might have heard us talk about on the podcast before. Balmer's Air Bears, which is a hostel in Interlochen, which is the first hostel I ever stayed at. It's a party hostel. It's really cool. We got to <laughs> hang out with the owners and it's like a, she's a fourth generation owner. And they've really done, the, the Balmer family has done a lot for that area and the hospitality and really making it a, a hot spot for like young people and adventure seekers and stuff. So it was really cool to hang out there and go back there six years after I had been there the first time. I um, mean, it was one of the places that really sparked my, uh, my wanderlust, going there and just like staying at a hostel for the first time and hanging out and doing things like that. So we went back there and we interviewed her and talked to her about, um, you know, the history of it and things like that. And then the next day, day eight, was our last kind of real day of filming because we headed from Interlaken to Bern, which now is one of my favorite cities in the world. It is a cool city. So it's the capital of Switzerland, but it's a really tiny city. It's a small capital. And we arrived there, and we actually got to stay at a five-star hotel, and it was beautiful. And we had this amazing... The Bellevue. The Bellevue. We had this amazing view. We had a balcony that just like looked out on the river. And the river in Bern was unlike the river in Interlaken, where it was this like magical greenish blue color. Like you could see on our pictures on social media. Yeah. It was so beautiful. And so that was really cool, just kind of staying in this really nice luxury place. And then we went through Bern and we did some activities there, like a walking tour. And they have a clock. So we did the whole like a clock watchtower. We we got to make gelato, so oh, yeah, we yeah. went to a uh, gelateria, and um, they actually taught us to make gelato, which is a lot easier. Well, they it, the part that we did was easy. We didn't come up with any recipes. They're like, cut these apricots and put it in the mixer. Um, but we got to make gelato, and that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was I had totally forgotten about that. And then after we did the gelato, we went to a park because. Bern has a lot of really beautiful public parks. And this one, actually, you can camp at and you can barbecue there. So we had like a barbecue picnic. So some people from the Bern Tourism Office mm -hmm. were great. Um, they came and set up a whole picnic for us where we barbecued wow. and they had made salads. And I was just so nice. Yeah. One of the things I love about Bern is everything kind of revolves around the river. The river goes right through the city and you can take the river Right. So the, the hotel we stay at, the Bellevue, is connected to their parliament building. You know, oh, and, wow. and it's actually run by their government. And it's where all the foreign dignitaries and everyone stays when they come into Bern, which happens a lot because it's the capital city of a country that has a lot going on with it. Right. You know, with the United Nations, which is down in Geneva and things like that. So we were actually there during the French speaking country congress. So it's like all these dignitaries from French speaking countries, a lot of um 
guys coming from French-speaking African countries in these amazing like gowns and all this wow. awesome stuff. And there we are, like puttering around the lobby of this five star. <laughs> you know, I'm in board shorts because I had just gone swimming. I'm, we're wondering like, who are these people? And they're wondering like, who are these people, right? <laughs> um, but the cool thing about Burn is is the river and everything revolves around the river. And so a lot of the parks, like Heather mentioned, are right along the river. And what's fantastic is everyone swims in the river. Mm. So they were telling us on their lunch breaks, what people do is they pack these bags, like those, what are they, wa- you know, watertight bags. Yeah, they're waterproof Dry bags, bags or whatever they call them. And you put your clothes in them. So you go and there's this huge public pool there that's, that's um, and, you know, you could swim there, you can lay out or you can do whatever. And so you pack your clothes, you go there, you get changed, you change in your swimsuit. And you put your work clothes in this dry bag and you walk up the river and you jump in and the river is really pretty fast and it floats you down in the city center and then you get out and you change and you go back to work. Amazing. So like that's a lunch break. break. Yeah, exactly. Refreshing. Yeah. So these people know how to live in Bern. Yeah. The vibe in Bern is like the ultimate working experience. Like if you have to work in an office and you have to have a normal job, that's the city to live in because people really live a nice lifestyle. A relaxed. Yes. And yeah. I mean, they get work done too, but they have this nice relaxing vibe Flexibility to them. And, and yeah. I mean, they're about working hard and also about like playing hard, I guess, and relaxing. Yeah. And the Bernies, the, the people from Bern, I guess they're called the Bernies. I'm not sure. <laughs> they, they actually say that everyone in Switzerland makes fun of them for being slow. Like everything is done so slow. Right. Like the pace of life is so slow and that's why they like Sounds it. Sounds good just, to me. Yeah. It's really chill. So we got to float down... Except the, the river. It looks like it moves pretty fast. The river moves fast. We had an awesome barbecue. People take rafts every day and they go up to this other town, Toon, and they float down for like three hours into Burn. Wow. Um, and they say, yeah, every every weekend during the summer, everyone does it. You just get an inflatable raft, a, a inflatable raft. You float down. You have food and drinks and stuff like that. Um yeah, and then if you just want to jump in the river, you just jump in with your dry bag, and it, you kind of float down with that. You can jump off the bridges, and uh, that's what we did. A, th- a three-hour rafting ride sounds Yeah, so if you know anything about Travis, he loves water, he loves being in water, and he likes to relax. So he has christened Bern, his new favorite city in the world or just in Switzerland? I don't know. It's just really cool. It's a cool vibe. They have good gelato. Uh, if you try the apricot and thyme, we made that. Um, yeah, and uh, it was just really fun. And it was a great way to wrap up filming because everything had been so go, go, go. And we actually told the people from the Burn Tourism Board, this is the perfect day. The, uh, our last day of real filming, we made gelato. We ate a barbecue and we floated down a river and we went to see the clock tower. And it was a great way to wrap up the whole experience. It sounds wonderful. It really was. And then the next day, we actually got to float down the river again because we stayed a little longer. We did our exit interviews at the Bellevue, which is a fantastic hotel out on the patio. And you'll probably see some of that in the show. And then uh, Heather and I and the guy who did audio, Kevin, actually went back, got the girls from the Burn Tourism Board, and uh, we floated down the river with them again. And it was really fun. Yeah, so that was that epic shot you saw of Travis and I jumping off the bridge into the river, if you saw that on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And actually, I had to say that I at first wasn't going to do it because this is so funny. The entire week we were, or entire eight days we were in Switzerland, it was 
so hot. But right. then that last night, there must have been a storm or something. Whatever happened, it cooled down. So that day oh. was only like 75. Oh, and, it and it's day, cold water. It's, again, it's, glacial water. It's cold water. water. So I was like, I'm not sure if I want to jump in off the bridge because it's going to be cold and it'll be too shocking to my system and whatever. <laughs> so Trav and Kevin did it first and I filmed them. And I was like, that was pretty cool. I guess I'll do it. So I wasn't as adventurous as Trav. But you're glad one. you did. And it was awesome. And that basically wraps up all the filming that we then did in Switzerland. Heather and I spent two more days in Switzerland and went down to Lausanne. And the goal is, and I don't know where this is going to happen, so don't hold us to it, but we've talked with the Swiss Tourism Board about doing it again. And, you know, we went to four areas. Like we said, we went to Bern, we went to Interlaken, we went to Lucerne, and we went to St. Moritz. Our goal is to then go back. And for a country that is only the size of Georgia... There is some amazing things there. So we didn't even hit the French-speaking part of Switzerland and Geneva and Lake Lausanne and, Lausanne and Lake Geneva. Yeah, that's amazing. We didn't hit the Italian part, really. And we also didn't um, hit, hit some other areas. Like, we didn't even go to the Matterhorn and Zermatt. So um, we're trying to sell them on a Lights, Camera, Switzerland Part 2, where we go back and do some of that stuff. But overall, I mean, we got to do some really epic stuff. And as we mentioned, it was... We, had it, we have two episodes now, right, on the stuff that we did. Right. It was pretty full on. Did you want to do some superlatives, or are we, are we out of time? Yeah, we can. I mean, I think, yeah, give us some questions, napkins, of, of the stuff well, we might have enjoyed the always, most. Well, as always, I am very curious about the specifics of the food. <laughs> so I'm curious to know where your favorite locations were for, for eating, consuming... So Switzerland has pretty good food and a lot of it is a little on the heavier side. So the first few days we were eating a lot of incredible cheese. Like we went to that dairy and we had the cheese and the meats and that was so awesome. And we ate like that for a few days. And then I was kind of like, well, I'm on camera and I need to eat some lighter things. So (laughs) I tried to have more salads and stuff like that. But basically everywhere we went, they had like schnitzel which is good, and they have, you know, cheese and mm-hmm. fondue and bread. And what else did you eat that was really good? Well, we were told by Matthias, the Swiss guy, that um, the Swiss make fun of people who eat fondue. And when I say Swiss make fun of people, they probably are really nice about it. But they make fun of people <laughs> who eat fondue in the summer because they've never done it before. It's always a winter thing. Oh. But, of course, people because come and they want it. warm and, like... Comfort food. Right. They want to eat fondue. So he said even some Swiss people now have started doing fondue in the summer, but it's typically a winter thing. The best food, I know that's kind of what you're looking for, um, napkins. The best food that I had had to be the meat and cheese, the charcuterie plate at the Alpine Dairy. I mean, they had the cheese that was like... They had shaved it into look like flour. I mean, not only did it look beautiful, it looked like flowers and all, but they had about seven different types of meat. They had a bunch of awesome bread, and they had about seven or eight different types of cheeses, and it was it was the best. I would say that was the highlight of the food. Really? A charcuterie plate for yes. you? You usually turn your nose up at charcuterie I know. Plates. I'm so excited that maybe I can talk them into getting those more now. Yeah, we also tried Rivella, which is a typical Swiss thing, and it's a drink, and it's made from the excess that comes away after you make cheese, right? It's like... It's like the stuff that you don't use in sounds cheese. Disgusting. It sounds disgusting. It tastes exactly like Orangina. Really? Don't know how. It tastes like Mandarin. That's bizarre. It's good. And Swiss people love it. And I'm like, when I was telling them, I'm like, this tastes like Orangina. They're like, no, this tastes like Rivella. Because they know it as Rivella. Oh. But 
Um, it was it was pretty good. And Heather actually got some the the next day that we were in Switzerland after uh, like on her own accord. So that now was how a, do you how do you purchase it? Is it in like it's in like a, little bottles or? Yeah, it just—it's like buying a Coca-Cola. It's okay. in, you can buy it in large bottles. You can buy it in small plastic and it's white. bottles. No, it's in a green or a brown bottle. They have two different kinds, and it's a carb. It's carbonated somehow. Really? So it's like and a it, soda. Is, is it a clear? Yeah, it's clear. Well, it's like a little brownish clear. Like it looks like ginger ale. Yeah, but honestly. it's dairy. But it's full dairy. I guess I I don't know. But it's very good. It's good for you. It's you know gives you like helps with digestion and stuff like that because it's fermented. I guess. So they say. So they say. So that was one of the cool. I, that was a typical Swiss thing that we got to do. So guys, what was your favorite activity? What would you say your favorite activity was, or your favorite location? We could do it that way. So it maybe hard to choose, but what did you enjoy the most? What were you able to? I know, like with, I know, like with with windsurfing, that was like seven minutes. So what what did yeah. you get to plug in and really enjoy? Um, I think that what I enjoyed the most is driving to Lake Lucerne in the van because you just kind of, we came from Andermatt in an Altdorf and then all of a sudden we're driving and you see the lake and it's huge and it actually took us like an hour to get to Lucerne, you know, once we saw the lake, so we're driving around it and we stopped in this little town called Brunin and we didn't film there or anything. We just stopped because Matthias was like, I lived here for a little while and my parents live in the next town over and he just wanted to show us this little spot. And we all piled out of the van and we walked around and it was just so stunning because I was telling you how much I loved the geography of Lucerne and Lake Lucerne. Mm-hmm. So it was my first little taste of it. And then being in Lucerne for the first time, I, I really enjoyed that city. I want to go back. It's so hard to pick a favorite, as we said. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do it, though. There were some things, I think, that surprised me. So I'll, I'll kind of give those. Uh, okay. the, the Transportation Museum surprised me for being really, really awesome. And so did the Ballenberg Open Air Museum, as we've talked about before. Those are really surprising. I think my favorite, and I, and I said in the first episode, too, my favorite part of the whole thing was the people we met. Mm. I think my favorite activity, though... Oh, man, now I got to pick. I think the favorite activity might have actually been the whitewater rafting. It was really, really fun. I've done whitewater rafting before, but never to that degree. So that was really, really neat. Where have you done it before? I I don't know. I think Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, I mean, I've done it before, but never to that degree. That was really, really cool. And I I didn't have super high hopes for it. I just thought, okay, this will just be another activity that's, that's pretty neat. Or that's just okay. It was really, really cool. So I'd say that might have stuck out as, as a, as a favorite for me. And then some of the cultural stuff, like going to the Alporn um, Maker and the stuff so that. Now you're just choosing like everything we did. I know. Yeah, okay. well, that's cutting the way. you off. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough to make those choices. Is this something that? Well, you've already said that that you would go back and do a part two. But would you really go back and do a part two with a crew and with a the whole production. I think we probably, of course we would, but I, I doing it the first time was obviously such a new experience for mm-hmm. us. Going back in, we know more of how we can be on camera and how we can be together. And obviously if we worked with the same crew, we would already know them from the beginning. And I think that we could iron out more details of what we wanted to do. And I, I do want to give a shout out to the crew because, you know, Stan, Greg and Kevin were so great at, 
kind of interacting with us as the days went on and kind of giving us feedback or little tips or just making us feel comfortable. And I think that it will really make for a good show in the end. My answer is 100% yes. I would do it again. It was much harder than I thought it was going to be. It was much more stressful and it was much more go, go, go. But I do think if we did it again, it it might be different because we know what to expect. So that's part of the fun of it. Mm -hmm. But it's also part of the anxiety ridden first day, as we mentioned in episode one. So I think that... And that kind of does color. I'm sure it's still kind of colored the rest of the trip because how could it not? I mean, it's a new experience and you... You hit the ground running and you don't slow down in terms of production, in terms of being on. Oh, for nine days, it was on and we were on. And even when the camera wasn't on, we had a, I was thinking about what we were going to do next, what we were going to say. So it is an intense, you know, even if you're only filming, only filming for 12 hours, you're thinking about it like hardcore those 12 hours you are on point and so that makes it a little difficult but yeah i would definitely do it again and i think you know had we if we did it again i think there'd be ways that we could all get better as heather mentioned i think building a day in the middle for everyone just to go and do nothing like like just hang Mm -hmm. out and not Mm -hmm. film i think that was really helpful because towards the end we started getting to do a little more of that and everybody was hurting you know like the crew was carrying all their equipment they were tired we were getting burnout you know for every day go 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 Mm -hmm. and i know that a lot of the times it's the case with these location shoots that you just work for like eight to nine days straight right but if we were to do it again i think we would really try to have a day off for everyone in the middle so that everyone can refresh and come back strong yeah Yeah. but overall i mean an absolutely epic experience so you think maybe you would have had a place to give more feedback and kind of if you had been more bold and more used to it. Well, I think we did give a decent amount of feedback as it went on. But yeah, as we said, like we didn't know and the crew didn't know and and no one knew what we were going to do with the first shoot because it was new to everyone. Um, And we were new to them and they were new to us. But yeah, I think overall it went really, really well. Wouldn't you say that? Like, I mean, we got some amazing shots. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to see how it's going to turn yeah, out in the wait. end. It's exciting. We had a lot of fun. We learned a lot of new stuff, obviously. I mean, we can definitely mic ourselves up better now. We got a <laughs> few tips on, you know, camera functions and things like that. So, yeah, all in all, in the end, it was so great to do it. We're so grateful that we had the opportunity and we would do it again. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it uh, really for anything. I do think that it was an amazing experience. I think we're talking pretty candidly about it because we want to tell you the whole thing. I mean, so many people would say, oh, we went. It was, you know, it was absolutely amazing. But yeah, I think I was much more stressed than I thought. Mm -hmm. It was much harder than I thought. I give people a lot of credit now when I watch a TV show. I mean, now that we know what went behind the scenes, uh, what went on, it's incredible. Like you watch these TV shows. I give everyone on there much more credit than I did before because it's a lot harder than I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of TV shows, wasn't there a Survivor connection? There was a Survivor connection with this a little bit. The guy who was the main cameraman, Stan, he actually is a friend of Jeff Probe. So if you guys listen to this podcast a lot, you know that I mention it here and there that I want to go on Survivor. It's my favorite TV show. I, I just, I want to get on Survivor. So if anyone has an in, let me know. And little did I know, I was sitting and talking with Stan one night and he was like, 
oh yeah, I worked on Survivor for the first couple seasons. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And I worked on some like rinky dink show with Jeff Probst in Seattle before he was on Survivor. Like, oh. Stan did not say rinky dink. I'm just gonna <laughs> no, no. He didn't say. He said I worked on before Jeff Probst was Jeff Probst of Survivor. He worked with him in Seattle on like a home and garden show. He didn't say rinky dink. He said a smaller show. Everything was smaller. I'm sure Survivor. Jeff Probst took that show and turned it into something phenomenal. And that is why they reached out and put him on Survivor. Exactly. I'm just so, trying to, you know, kiss Jeff's derriere. So he, yeah. So we on, could put get this, on the show. Put our guy on. So there was a Survivor uh, connection there. Maybe that will lead to me getting on the show Survivor. But I'm still always putting a plug out. If anyone else has connections to Survivor, let me know. Yeah. I'd hop on Survivor. And I'm sure that would be a lot harder than it looks. And I think it's going to be anyway, um, just like this TV show. But yeah, it will be when you are on Survivor. Exactly. But so, we actually do love Jeff Probst, don't we? We do. Yes, so. we certainly do. Any other questions, All right. Napkins? All right. I, I think that we can wrap this up. Yeah, guys. I mean, we gave you a lot. That's two episodes. We wanted to give you a real look behind the scenes, um, not pointy punches, and tell you what to expect. We did some amazing things. We got to do some... We, we had some experiences that, that we you know, never could have dreamed of, I think. Yeah, and that we'll always remember. So thanks for supporting us. Thanks for voting for us because yeah. without you, we never would have been able to have this opportunity. And thanks for listening if you're still listening because this is going to be an epically long second part. It is. Wow. <laughs> it is long and uh, we really do appreciate you guys tuning in today. We do appreciate all the support. We're not sure when the TV show will be coming out, but of course we'll be letting everyone know as soon as we know. Um, so thank you guys again. Thank you for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy, happy free, free travels. travels. I'll show you Paris soon. Oh.